2: Hoop Ballers. Let's talk about your balls. Yep, your balls and the area around them. Let's talk about manscaped.com. Go there and use promo code HoopBall20 H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 Use the promo code And go check out all the tools they have of trimming the hedges and taking care of your lawn. Like the Lawn Mower 3.0 with a built-in LED light to help you get into those dark thigh crevices on the inner parts. Also, the gooch. It is hard to get to the gooch if you can't see it. So use the LED light with the anti-tugless technology on the razor. Full, long battery life. Then... Check out the weed whacker, bring that out of the shed, use it on your shrubs, cut down what you need, down to bare minimum if you need to. It's got a nice anti-tugless technology just like the Lawn Mower 3.0. It's also got a lithium battery. And best news of all, these things are waterproof. So that way you can do it in the shower and take care of business in the cleanest way possible. Hoopball20 is the promo code that's going to get you free shipping as well as 20% off. I recommend using it. I recommend getting the complete care kit with your free shipping and your 20% off. Spend a little extra, get a lot more. There's a good care kit there for us gentlemen. Face scrub, shampoo, ball treatment, and the area that surrounds our balls. I believe there's even a pair of underwear in there for our balls. So yeah. That's going to conclude the talk about our balls. Now let's talk about bets. MyBookie.ag is where all the hoop ballers take care of their winnings and where we place all of our wagers that we post in our article and the wager pass as well as our free plays and our Discord chats. Yes, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. We have today in sports betting.
0: The following is a
1: Hoop Bowl presentation.
2: Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode and a, another edition of Today in Sports Betting. I am your host, Devin Ellington, or at D A L E 007 on Twitter. If uh, you're not following me there by now or new listeners, uh, A, welcome in. B, go follow me there, please. Please, please, please. please follow the show. At Hootball Gaming, as well as the rest of the crew. Gonna have a couple uh, exciting young lads join the show today. Kind of like the first of a triumvirate episode that we're gonna get going. I'll leave uh, those members of the Hootball team up for mystery right now as I finish the intro. Uh, we're gonna unpack a big, big slate of stuff. But first, do not forget to go to hoopdashball.com. Make sure to use our promo codes, which you'll hear me drop in a pre-recorded segment, so I will not spend too much time on those. Other than saying, the Lawn Mower 4.0 is marvelous. I love it. Um, I really just want to get into the show. But, uh, hey, loyalty program on a serious business note is going to be effective for, uh, well, we're about to hit the first of the month, so I think we are rolling it to the 18th, I believe is what it is. Um, And it's essentially you locking in your forever price for whatever products that you like of ours. You can just go ahead and take what you want, package it together, and save a boatload of money before the 18th. So... Keep that in mind. Keep it on your radar. Newer listeners, you know, of course, I'd love it if you jump right into the premium stuff, but make sure you check our free stuff out. Make sure it's going to be a good fit. So I say do your research on whoever you get your content from. I'm like a anti-villain, anti-salesman, like kind of thing, entity. So, yes. Okay. All right. So today slash tonight, we're going to have a lot to talk about so i'm just gonna go and bring my guys in because i needed backup i mean we're gonna talk everything from olympic sports to gold cup to nba draft i'm gonna talk some baseball of course uh i mean we got a lot to talk about uh so without further ado first and foremost follow both of these gentlemen at adam k-e-r-c-k for my buddy, my main man, Adam. And Adam, I realize I've never had to say your name out loud. So, Kerrcart.
0: Yeah, that's pretty close. It's Kirkhart.
2: Kerikart. Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Being a guy from Oklahoma, I think I did okay with the Canadian. No, you, <laughs> you
0: did much better than most.
2: Okay, good, good, good. Because my draw can get in the way sometimes, and it gets embarrassing. And then, of course, Jonathan, who has been on a few shows here recently and handed out a plus nine hundred NBA draft winner on earlier today as rendition of today in sports betting. This show is being recorded for the Friday episode. It's a happy Friday. Um, follow him at Martinez. Essentially, I say swap out the AR for the four two M 42 N E Z at that on Twitter, and of course the Liddy Lad podcast that he also. Much so, uh, puts a bunch of effort into as well. I saw that you had some really good picks from that podcast, also, bud.
1: Yeah. Uh, rowdy, rowdy,
2: rowdy, rowdy, piper. (laughs) Man, he, uh, uh,
1: he went yard today. It was at plus, uh, 450. So I try to, uh, I try to balance it out, uh, both on the, on the top plays for, uh, hoop ball and then over on my show as well. Try to give different plays on both ends. So,
0: Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel any time. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
2: Yeah, I've got uh, all sorts of stuff here in my hands. And I'll just kind of recap. Like, you know, I like to do old school index card hand notes. And I do them for the shows and whatnot. So, you know, this was essentially Jonathan and I's card uh, today as we discuss the MLB slate. Just a quick recap on my end. And then, Adam, we're going to get you and Jonathan swirling some ideas in my brain and we're going to talk some, uh, well, whatever y'all want first, but probably baseball, right? I mean, lots of trades. Um, so my props, I had under four and a half K's for that Wells kid pitching for Baltimore. I didn't think he was going to stay out there that long. Teoscar Hernandez over one and a half total bases. He took care of that in the first inning with a double, uh, had Chad Cole, Under five and a half K's, he settled in at five. And I know power sports in the uh, discord chat had over and I, I didn't want to say anything. Um, (laughs) And then Jonathan, of course, you and I on the Freddie Peralta six and a half, seven numbers uh, respectively. So Freddie Peralta, I mean, great, great efficient game tonight, but I think what we did is fell victim to modern day uh, pitcher management for today's baseball team totals. I was on, I went overs on everything. Boston, Toronto, Cincinnati, Colorado, Colorado pending, but not looking superb. Boston, they uh, did a little number two down their leg and into their socks. So first five miniature parlay, Milwaukee, Detroit paid off for me. USA won in the Gold Cup semifinals, so I cashed on that. And now I'm waiting for Mexico to finish the second part of a little mini plus 204 parlay. So busy day for me, and that's not even the wager pass stuff or y'all's genius. And I want to talk about that genius right now. So, Adam, I know you and I banter a lot around college football season, and I'm excited to uh, handicap this season with you uh, on the team as well as uh, some of the other guys. So before getting into – too much college football territory i mean it's coming soon we're gonna have to start doing some stuff but you kind of popped up on my radar uh, when you joined the team with some baseball plays and just like abstract uh, nba stuff and you know we had some really really good talks about the nba draft off air so your personal plays you mentioned uh, to jonathan and I, I was curious to see how those went and then just kind of uh how you got to this diverse point of being a sports better
0: yeah, so uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Um, uh, I'm super excited for college football season, like you said. Um, but for tonight, I didn't have too much in baseball. I had one personal play um, on the Giants, Giants money line. Um, they, they did win 5-0. Um, I just felt like it was good value with the pitching matchup. I got the Giants at plus 105, um, just with Johnny Cueto and, and, and David Price Starting for the Dodgers. I just felt like that was a pretty good pretty good price to pay. Um, some good value with the Giants there. And then for the draft, um, I had a, a bunch of little personal plays in the draft, like the one I mentioned to you guys. I had um Suggs uh over four and a half.
2: And he went um, fifth. Just,
0: he did, yeah. So I got that at three plus three thirty. So that I just felt I'm from Toronto myself and I just kind of had this feeling that the Raptors weren't necessarily totally locked in on Suggs and I felt like it was going to be either one of like Barnes, Kaminga, or if they reached for someone else. So that paid off. Um, and I also had uh, two plays I locked in yesterday. I had um, Franz Wagner um, come under nine and a half and he went, I think eight to yeah. the magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like that was a good value pick, too, just because I felt like he could have gone to a multiple um different teams, and then I also had the Turkish player um Schengen. I had his under, but that didn't cash, so that's what I had for the draft tonight um and then the one we talked about too in our in our chat
2: right right um and Jonathan, you know sounds like you two actually were on a common ground with the uh you know, Toronto pick. And uh, that's kind of funny, you know, to kind of bridge the gap of my point here um, is, you know, the genius and uh, you know, kind of the different looks the teams give. And we, you know, we, as a team, y'all did the work, but you know, whatever Uh, (laughs) cashed like two different picks essentially within the draft uh, on this Toronto pick and had two different superb angles. So, you know, Jonathan, maybe remind the listeners kind of how you felt about that Toronto pick, too.
1: So, yeah, similar to Adam, um, I was just reading up on stuff on Twitter and listening to a few uh, insiders that were saying how um, the Raptors didn't seem sold on Jalen Suggs at four, even though a lot of people had him slotted on, on mock drafts going to Toronto. And um there's there's this little hype going around with uh with Scotty Barnes uh creeping up to four and then just you know, just watching college basketball and also just um being a real big fan of like the NBA and trying to like see who, who these guys are coming up in the ranks and stuff. Um it just seemed like Scotty Barnes was like a, a guy that would fit uh Toronto system. And um, somebody that they wouldn't rush right away, but through their their um, you know player development system, it succeeded for them. So I figured, why not? Why not go with Scotty Barnes at four? Um, And when I got it, it was at plus nine hundred for the exact um, four. And I was pretty sold on on one, two, and three going uh, Cunningham, Green, and uh, Mobley, and yeah I just had a hunch about um about uh Scotty Barnes going forward, so I played it um wish I would have played more money on it, but it hit at plus nine hundred and then um I also on my show uh to kind of give out some more picks as well in there um I had dug up a number on zaire williams um going in the top ten it was at plus three hundred. So um ended up playing that over over on DraftKings as well today. Um but yeah, it was it was a crazy night. Once I got the once I saw um Shams tweeted out, um I was like, Yeah, I, I had a feeling Scotty Barnes was going to Toronto. So I was interested to see since you said uh Adam, since you said you, you're from Toronto, uh how do you feel about the pick with Barnes going four?
0: Um at first, I wasn't too thrilled about it. I, I was kind of hoping we would either go with Suggs or maybe even Kaminga. Um, but the more that I think about it, I think um, Barnes might have been the right pick. I feel like his ceiling is higher than Suggs. Um, and he's he's much more versatile, like, with his length um, and kind of suits today's NBA, uh, how it's, like, positionless basketball. So he's kind of more of, like, a point forward I can bring you ball handling, passing, and his defensibility, I think, is outstanding. So the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of I'm coming around to the pick. Um, and like you said, like with the team's history developing players, um, I think if anyone can help him develop, and especially like his outside shot, I think it, it, it's going to be us So with the Raptors, sorry. So, yeah, I, I'm not too upset about it as I was before. So I'm excited to see how it goes. And like I just feel like Suggs he's great now. He's he's probably gonna he might plug in quicker than than a Barnes will, but I feel like his ceiling might be a little more capped than than what Barnes can do.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think um for Orlando, um it's a it's a perfect landing spot for Suggs. I think they needed needed a guard with his toughness and um, just is like you said, he could step in right away, um, make that quick transition versus Barnes, where he's gonna take him like a year or two. But you'll see the potential, you know, on defense or a pass or just being able to, you know, make a make, get a rebound and just bring it up court. And I think he just it was a it was a perfect landing spot for him with Toronto, uh, especially with guys that they developed with, you know, Siakam, Van Fleet, and. Uh, OG and and, an OB, um, and then last season, the big guy that was um, big with their development was kind of Chris Boucher having a breakout year. So, yeah, it kind of worked out. And I wish I would have played Suggs at five because it was at plus money um, if you shopped around. And I think it was up to, like, plus 400. So, yeah, I think uh, – once and then some of these other picks are kind of head, head scratches. I don't know if you guys um, – what you guys think about the draft so far or what, what stood out to you guys, but I was interested to see what um, your take was on some of these lottery picks and just any team that stood out in general to you guys.
2: So for me, I'll just kind of interject and talk about the amount of picks that Houston had. I don't think they really cashed in on a lot of them. Sure. They got Jalen green with the first one. Um, I think, that they were just kind of grabbing a handful of wet spaghetti and was trying to fling it at the wall to see what would stick. As far as talent, Oklahoma City, I felt took a lot of the same of pro- the uh, same approach. Um, a lot of international draft picks again for Oklahoma. I mean, Sam Presti, he, he's just always drafting, uh, you know, players of international delight, and I think it speaks volumes um, of his consistency throughout this draft process with the adversity they were facing. And then they were also being talked about shopping SGA and stuff. And I, I think they did a great job. I liked really uh, – I liked what they did with Trey Mann, given another scorer next to SGA. Maybe run a good little two-man game out of the corner. Uh, frickin' Charlotte killed it. Uh, I love me some Book Knight. Uh, if any of y'all that are listening <laughs> or – If Adam, you recall, or Jonathan, maybe you do. But, uh, you know, I was huge on book night and UConn this year for, you know, from start to finish. uh, I think they might have been the first basketball play I made for this last college season. Was really looking forward to UConn. So seeing him go to Charlotte with ball um, and then them get wrapping back around, trading up and getting a big, you know, I think Charlotte did a really good job, too.
1: Yeah, I really like their draft, and they just picked up uh, J.T. Thor from um, Auburn.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, in the second round. So that's yeah. I mean, Charlotte. I mean, they were kind of like Jordan was like a laughing stock at one point because it was, they had so many head scratching draft picks, and then you know they make the signing for Gordon Hayward, and people were kind of questioning that. Uh, Lamelo felt fell into their lap last year, um, and then now this this draft. I mean, Book Knight, him and Lamelo, man, that's. That's a pretty nasty tandem. Um, if they decide to to keep Lamelo off the bench, I mean, you got him and Book Knight. Gordon I mean, Hayward. Yeah, Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. I mean, they just Miles Bridges. Uh, Graham. He had a. He had a big, I was gonna
2: say. I mean, it's gonna be cheap to keep Graham. I was looking at his free agency stuff. It's it might as they might yeah. as well just do it. And Graham, he's not gonna get paid that much more on the free agency market. So he's in a good position now, and I think this draft is an encouraging one, and I don't think it actually hurts Graham all too much. I think it actually just helps this young talent flourish a little faster.
1: No, they're in a prime position. and mm-hmm. I mean, um, I was even looking up before uh, today's draft what their uh, positioning is as far as uh, futures bets um, to make the playoffs, and they're at plus money. I mean, they almost made it with this play-in scenario. So I think I think they're in a, a good position um, to make the playoffs next year. I mean they were right there. If, if Hayward wouldn't have gotten injured, or you know a few other injuries that they had, um, even Bridges being out for COVID uh, protocol, I mean who knows how many more games they could have possibly won? And they were right there. So I, I agree. I really like their draft.
2: And Borregos did good as a coach last year, in my opinion, for his first year. Uh, really kind of got a sense of his guys, and they built a culture pretty quickly, in my opinion. Um, Adam, you have any more draft takes? You want to touch on any other NBA generalities? Should we talk Russell Westbrook? You know, I don't don't want to leave you short on the NBA side.
0: Um, Well, just to comment on the draft, I think one of the the teams that stands out to me that I was really interested into seeing how it played out for them was is the Golden State Warriors. Um, yeah. I think the fact that they ended up with Kaminga at seven and then um, Moses Moody, I really like that pick at 14. Um, I think that's a very good result for them. I wasn't too sure what they were going to do. There was a lot of rumors about them trading up. Um, and I think if they want to be in that win now mode next year, if they still feel like they can compete, then they need someone who can um p- plug in and, and play next year um, and I think Moses Moody will give them that as a, as a three and D type player and then to still come away with Kaminga as well who has so much potential I think they did very well um, and then also like we just talked to, we were talking about Jill and Suggs I think the magic did well too how Suggs fell to them at five and then they got Wagner as well at eight um, those are two players who kind of um, are different from what they already have on that roster. Like they've kind of been p- picking very similar style players. Like if they ended up with Scotty Barnes, he's very similar to like a Jonathan Isaac um, and like Mo Bamba type of player with who's very raw with a high ceiling. So I think someone like Suggs and Wagner gives them something that they don't already have. So I think that they did well as well tonight.
2: Yeah. The um, amount of talent that was towards the later picks, you know, I just it, it was such. It reminded me of how deep of a draft it truly was, actually. Um, but there's a lot of teams with a lot of picks, uh, is what I noticed as as well. There are a lot of kind of not meaningless trades, but kind of just mediocre trades, in my opinion, as well. Uh, I'm excited, and these prospects, honestly, you know, I'm putting the feelers out there, but it's kind of making me want to join a dynasty league this year and feel around and do that for the first time this year. So, um, you know, but we – if we're good on the NBA draft, you know, obviously Lakers getting Westbrook, sending a boatload of players – to Washington, which I think Washington did the right thing. They stood by Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal. Look, I think you're going to see good things for Washington for doing that. Um, so the the players they got in return, I think, is very, very valuable. Montrez Harrell will bring a physicality to them that they haven't had in a few years. So that'll be instant, you know, offensive rebounding uptick. Uh, just overall defensive prowess. And he's not going to kill you at the free throw line either. You know, they've had their fair share of issues as a team from the free throw line. So really looking forward to seeing how all the draft stuff shapes out for the NBA franchises.
1: Yeah, I think that um, at least on the Lakers end, I, got, I agree with uh, Washington um, kind of obviously building around Beal. Um, there was a report that he, he didn't want to leave. So I think now um, they could legitimately put the pieces in place that will fit around him. I don't think him and Russ were going to go anywhere. And obviously, they're kind of like in a rebuild, per se. Um, I think Kuzma and, and Rui Hachimura, is going to be an interesting um, battle for, for that power forward position. Uh, I think Kuzma I think definitely got humbled last season. Um, having having kind of a down year, and it'll be interesting to see how how the Wizards play him. Um, I'm not crazy about Montrezl. I think that Daniel Gafford um should be the backup for uh, Thomas Bryant when he gets back, because I think Thomas Bryant's a, a really good big. Um, he hasn't been able to fully show his capability on a on a full like season basis, but he's a really good player, and they have him locked down for a few years. Um, it was unfortunate he tore his ACL, but um, the Lakers on their end, I think it's a head scratcher because I think that um, with the reports out there about them possibly getting Buddy Heels from Sacramento, I think that would have been a better fit. Um, you know, they needed more spacing and shooting. Right, and Buddy can, you know, Buddy buckets that he has that name for a reason, and I think he would have been a, a really nice pickup for them. And uh, I think Russ is just. I don't know like I I don't know if, if he's in his own head like thinks that he's still that MVP guy. Um hopefully he'll dial dial it back a little bit. Um but I could I could see them, you know, him and LeBron kind of bumping heads here and here and there during the regular season. Anthony Davis kind of, you know, getting bothered by by Russ. So I don't know how that's going to work out. A lot of people are obviously blowing it up and thinking that, it, you know, the Lakers are going to, you know, make this run or something. But they also got to realize, like, Russ is getting old, just like LeBron. And I thought that um, they missed out on an opportunity to get a buddy healed or even some more shooting, guys that don't necessarily have to dominate the ball. So it's going to be interesting to see how how that all plays out going into next year.
2: Yeah, I really like, you know, like I said, I like what Washington did on this side, but I also understand a little bit of what Los Angeles was trying to do. Maybe they're targeting more scores or such in, you know, free agency. Maybe there's some guys they got other eyes on or something, but, uh, overall (laughs) it's going to be interesting to see how it works out in my opinion. And, uh, You know, just want to circle back. Jared Butler out of, you know, uh, Baylor guard, he actually just went in the second round. The New Orleans Pelicans got him, and two picks later they're back on the clock. So, um, interesting there. Detroit just took Isaiah Livers. And then Sharif Cooper from Auburn is still on the board. And then I want to throw out there, that this Bassy kid from Western Kentucky, center, 6'11", he's a banger, and uh, fourth-ranked center in the uh, draft. I You know, I really like him because he's a small school guy, and I think we could see him going in the next bevy of picks, so like a few picks or so. So transitioning from hoops to diamonds, um, you know, there's still a ton going on with the NBA. Uh, second round's obviously going on right now. We're going to uncap all of that. Shout out to our hootball team al mostly just not mostly, but equally, but at Mr. Sorochi, uh Alan Sorochi for us, huge, huge component to the fantasy side of things, covers the Hawks for us at Hootball Hawks. We had a bevy of all the hootball ge- uh guests and hosts and all that good stuff come through on the live YouTube chat for the first two rounds. I mean, they're still going at it. I think it's probably hour nine now for them because they started an hour or so before the draft started. So, tomorrow, when you're listening to this and you're curious, go to YouTube, find that video, check it out because they start breaking down fantasy nuggets, you know, for dynasty leagues and just kind of instant fantasy implications of all the trades and all the draft picks. Side note, before baseball, we need You know, and this is going to be delayed for y'all, but currently we are rooting for some USA volleyball. They're currently losing two sets to one to Brazil. They were the underdogs, but they were also Troy's free play over on Twitter. So we are rooting for USA to come back and to win these next few sets uh, or enough for them to win. I'm not exactly a maestro of volleyball regulations and rules. So I know you need 25 points in a set. And uh, you got to get a lot of sets to win. So let's go USA. Um, and then I've also got USA women's first half minus 9.5 against Japan for the basketball arena. So finish off with that a little Olympic sprinkle. And then now we'll get into baseball because there's a lot to unpack, a lot of trades that we can dabble around, a lot of speculations and things that will happen tomorrow before the deadline, and then the creeping trades that sprinkle in towards, the, you know, the after the deadline we got some more Joey Votto numbers to talk about Jonathan because he's got a matchup against Carlos Carrasco that that he loves and the guy's on a complete burner Um, but first I want to start with the Cubs and the Washington Nationals this is a game obviously with a lot of trade pieces so by us talking about this one we should probably approach it with caution But it's worth highlighting because there's a lot going around in it, in my opinion. So the Cubs already got Rizzo out the door. Chris Bryant's probably gone tomorrow. I don't think Trey Turner and Max Scherzer is a part of the Washington organization. And then also I was just talking to Adam off air a little bit ago about the Nationals losing their best and then probably one of the best relief arms on the market currently Uh, tomorrow. Also, I mean, the Padres are closing in on him right now. Um, Trevor Williams has really good numbers against the likes of the remaining (laughs) lost toys uh, on this nationals lineup. You know, not a lot of ISO numbers he's given up to guys, not a lot of RBI numbers. Still, I mean, it's pretty limited plate appearances and at-bats, but he does have some really good success against guys like Juan Soto and uh, the Joshes, Bell and Harrison. So with the remaining parts being in this Washington lineup, I'm looking at maybe taking the Cubs in the first five uh, just because, well, I mean, it's funny because Lester's also going up against the Cubs. Uh, I like the power that the Cubs can put out there against lefties And even though Chris Bryant's going to be traded, uh, the fact of the matter is the Cubs still got some talented bats. Uh, The total's nine right now. Minus 115 is getting some shade. I'm seeing the Cubs at minus 130 in some spots. Look, Washington's already got a bad bullpen, and they're trading away their best guys. So I wouldn't be scared to back the Cubs in the first five and the full game, even though there's some weird stuff swirling.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking a little more into, um, you know, individual matchups. Um, and we've kind of seen some of these games where there's been a few trades made and guys being held out of the lineup because there's speculation that they're going to get moved. Um, and even though, obviously, both teams are, are capable of giving up a lot of runs, especially the way they are now, and all the all the pieces that they've let go um i kinda kind of wanna play the under here um just because there's just a lack of um like a like full like legit um at bats in in history on both ends um if if Lester gets to start here um and then on like you said on trevor williams um if you look at the 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 previous at bats but like the hair with Harrison the Bell, um, he's been really successful against Soto, which I find crazy. Um, even though and and even though that can change tomorrow, based off of how well uh, Juan Soto has been on lately. Um, but yeah, it might be, it might just ultimately be a stay away for me, just because there's so many moving pieces on both teams, and um, not sure where these guys' heads are at right now with all these goodbyes that they have going on on both sides
2: yeah that's a very very good point um without getting long-winded on that game there you know it i still think i really like to i'm gonna hold on to that cubs first five just because of trevor williams and his success but like you said juan soto man he can change it super quick and he can rewrite a script uh in a quick fashion just kind of sticking with uh some of the early start games 605 610s You know, there's some interesting stuff going on Uh, real quickly. And if y'all have uh, an opinion on the games that I say that I'm not interested in, by all means, stop me. Tell me if you've got something that you've seen that's a nugget that you like. But as of right now, I'm not looking really uh for Miami and New York to have anything that I'm interested in tyon has been a bit of a weird pitcher to handicap and then I've noticed that I'm just terrible with the Marlins and handicapping them if something sticks out to me tomorrow when lineups and stuff start settling and then of course if my guys Adam and Jonathan dig something up that perks my ears I'm gonna be following them so as of right now I don't need to talk about that game um do y'all have any objections on that one
0: not for me now.
2: Okay,
1: okay. No, that game, um, I mean the Yankees, yeah, the Yankees probably end up either getting somebody else, but the way they looked yesterday or today, um, yeah, that it's it's not they need they need Gallo and, and Rizzo in that lineup yeah. pretty soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Miami. Um, we talked a little bit about um yesterday on the show how they're, only, they're getting 40% out of – they're getting 40% of their offense from two guys um, in the middle of the lineup. So, yeah, I, just, I have nothing really to give out in that one.
2: Sure, sure. And then yeah. those two guys, you know, they, they one of them could be gone too, you know. So, exactly. um, very good thing to point out there. Um, let's talk uh, – you know, Adam, I know you were pretty high on this Giants game. You said the Giants stuck out to you. Uh but i'm going to start this off by saying that we're going to be on opposite sides. uh i really like houston as y'all know. <laughs> but this is hopefully well with the mega deal the dodgers are about to make i you know i would love to see this be a world series matchup because i think it would offer some amazing parity for the major league baseball. but uh give me your thoughts adam on this san fran game. they're at home. they're minus 121. On the money line and this this line actually opened with Houston at minus one twenty five. Now it's even money for Houston over under seven and a half, getting minus one twelve to minus one fifteen shade.
0: Yeah, I just feel like um it's a good spot to get the Giants who are one of if not the best team in baseball with their best pitcher on the mound. Um and it's not too expensive of a price to pay. Um although I do see your see your point. Um I could see the other side. I don't know. Like, do you guys think minus one twenty is is right for the Giants here? Or do you think they should be more favored? Does the line seem a little suspicious to you, or what do you think?
2: You know, Jonathan, you want to? Do you have anything to say on it
1: for for that Houston uh, San Fran matchup?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: I mean, it the, the the Astros for me personally. Whenever I'm on them and I'm liking on them they don't come through for me and um, and I usually tend to go with the Giants when they're they're the underdog because for whatever reason they continue to be disrespected on the market um, and, and the the number is not too bad to, to lay with them um, based on the on the pitching matchup I could definitely see an under um, with Valdez and, and gossman um, but I'll leave it up to you guys if, if there's something that stands out From um, your betting perspectives or numbers you guys throw out there, I might um, chime in after that.
2: Sure, yeah. So I'll just kind of speak for the numbers and kind of what they are saying to me a little bit. So I'm finding Bovada still has minus one hundred five for Houston, but I'm finding spots that have them at even money. I'm finding spots that has San Francisco as minus one fifteen. Bovada does. Other spots they're all the way up to minus one twenty. Creeping the minus 125, even shade on the total. That kind of says something, you know, the odds makers are very undecided on how they think this thing's going to go. And I think that's because the 11 mile per hour wind out could be giving them, you know, some thoughts of the over. So that's a thing to keep an eye on. Even though we got some very capable pitchers here, we have some of the best offensive hitters uh, on both sides of the ball, right? You know, hitting or both teams. I'm sorry. Um, plus one and a half on the run line for Houston is minus 210. Obviously, we're not looking to play that, but I think it plays into what the other side of the run line says. And then I like to use the run line correlation towards the money line and just checking the skewity or the perception from one to the other and how the odds makers actually decide to get there. Minus one and a half. For San Fran is the favorite plus one seventy five. So when I notice like a really crazy high run line, and then the other side, you know, in this case Houston on their money line, those money lines being really close, it's kind of hard for me personally, from what I've seen recently, to not. Well, and then a I I already like Houston, uh, just in general um, this year. But Gosman is a tough tough pitcher. And, um, Framble Valdez being a lefty, I think, you know, him against Buster Posey is going to be a great matchup. Rough, Jonathan, as you know, Rough hits really good against lefties. We referenced him earlier, uh, Thyro Estrada, you know, he gets a downgrade in his average against lefties, but, you know, he's still at a 300 mark. So uh Yaz is under the Mendoza line he's got to get better about that so it's going to be interesting it's going to be a perennial matchup tomorrow going to be my favorite game of the slate I think 8 45 start time Adam did you have uh I was just curious before we move off of that game I was wanting to see what you know like what what was it about the Giants that really stuck out to you on that was there a certain bat was it them being at home
0: Uh, Yeah, it was mostly just them being at home and and how they've been playing lately and uh, just the pitching matchup. I'm really a fan of Gosman this year, and I just felt like with the the line, um, it wasn't too expensive of a price to pay to get um, one of the better teams in baseball with their ace on the mound. Um, That was pretty much my thinking there.
2: Perfect. Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't want to leave anything short there. If there's still something yeah. in the rib, I wanted to make sure to nibble at it. So, all righty. Um, I'll be real brief on this. Philly Pittsburgh. Look, Will Crow, the infamous first inning pitcher, uh is on the mound. So, I might be looking at a yes run in the first inning uh on this game because, you know, Bryce Harper, uh Goslin's been hot lately. They got, you know, real Muto in that lineup. Some real boppers, Reese Hoskins. Uh, Will Crow gives up a lot of home runs, specifically in the first inning. But, look, Philly's only minus uh, 136 on the money line for the full game. Velasquez ain't that great either with his 5.54 ERA. But if one team's more offensively capable, it's obviously Philly, and they'll be looking to get over 500. Their uh, total for this game is at 9 And uh, eight and a half is where it started. It's over nine now. And I'm seeing it getting some heavy shade of minus 120 in some spots. And so I might look to shrink this down tomorrow and look and taking that, uh, we'll say YRFI and uh, taking the Phillies in the first five. And then I might even look, I mean, I think this is crazy value. at only minus 130-ish, 135, um, depending on where it settles in the morning. But yeah, I still really like the over for the fact of the matter that I think the Phillies could have six runs by the end of the fourth inning. Any opinions from either one of you on this one?
0: No, I agree with you. Uh, I think with this game, I would definitely lean towards the over. Um, just with with the two pitchers on the mound, especially Crow, um, and if you look at the last the, the the last couple games for each team, they've been very high scoring. I don't really trust the bullpen for the Phillies. So I think I would, I would lean over as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I always like to bash the Phillies bullpen. So thanks for bringing (laughs) that up, Adam.
0: Yeah. Whenever we can.
2: Yes. I mean, you got to recognize the constants. Uh, (laughs) Jonathan, did you, did you have a look on this? You know, another thing that I forgot to mention Pittsburgh's lost a lot of arms through the trade stuff going on. Uh, I can't recall specifically who they've lost so far, but I mean, Maybe more hitters than arms, but I mean there's definitely been shakeups is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I'm convinced that um now that now, now that you speak about that game, that um I might parlay Reese Hoskins to go yard. So a home run prop, um parlayed with the run line because mm. um even today against the Brewers and um Peralta only pitching five innings or six innings, whatever it was, on 60 pitches. Um, they they had no type of offense at all. And uh, even if Vince Vel- Velasquez is taking the mound tomorrow, you still have the Phillies and, you know, they can they can bop some home runs. They have a lot of power um, from top to bottom in that lineup. And Pittsburgh has really nothing to play for, like you said. Um, you know, Philadelphia is still trying to – make a push into the into the playoffs they're at 500 right now so i could just see them just putting their foot on the gas and not letting up so reese hoskins home run and then parlay with uh the run line probably get some some big uh some big number with with those two together
2: i like that uh a lot and i'm actually writing it down right now because (laughs) from what jonathan and i learned from our recap. We didn't play every single thing that we talked about on the show and we probably should have, cause we had a killer ass day. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I've got a hand note with a nice little crooked star that I tried to draw. Uh, so there we go. We're good to go there. Um, I'm going to be quick about this one just cause you know, we don't need deep dives on all the games. I uh, would love to, but with three of us, it can be a little challenging. I would rather just listen to yell talk, but I feel like I am rambling. But over eight and a half, getting some decent shade. It started at minus 115. It's up to minus 120 in the Boston and Tampa Bay game. Really, really love me some Tampa Bay tomorrow. Uh, I'm looking at their team total when it comes out. I think them being at home, taking on the big bad division leading uh, Boston Red Sox. And, you know, Tampa Bay just went out and got some guys. Guess who they just went and got? They got Nelson Cruz. Guess what he likes to hit? Left-handed pitchers. Guess who's a left-handed pitcher? Martin Perez. Guess what Nelson Cruz likes to do against Martin Perez? Well, in 30 at-bats, he's got nine hits, a double, three home runs, eight runs, five RBIs, six walks, six strikeouts, a 300 average, a 432 OBP, 633 slugging, a 1.066 uh 1.066 OPS, a 450 WOBA and a 333 ISO. Half of the devil. Uh Nelson Cruz tomorrow will definitely be in some DFS lineups for me.
1: Yeah, and he sounds like a, a potential home run prop option. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. it's coming from the, the King Dinger himself. <laughs> I was trying to King Dinger or Dinger King. I'm not sure. It just they both yeah. have rings, and it's fitting either way. I mean,
1: yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out some type of nickname. Um, I've noticed I've noticed especially now since um I've been on on with you guys for hoop ball, um, a lot more places, a lot more uh, analysts and different guys from different um, you know, outlets are now playing home run props, and um, I, I eventually want to just dig up like when when I started playing them this season and kind of like backtracking from, from day one till now and seeing what the actual full total is, because like some of, some of like, obviously we keep track of what plays we have um, on the discord. And then eventually once I got moved up to the, the top plays section and um, I don't know if lately I've been kind of interested to see how, how much units do I like from date, from the, the beginning of the season till now, I would have made, um, you know, keeping track on that. So, hopefully, I could we could come up with a uh, a cool nickname and kind of like takes a life of its own. Because I think cause I think cause I handicap these games, and um, you know, obviously, we all have our own way of of capping, um, and, and everyone brings different angles. And I feel like that's definitely been my niche here is the, the homer props.
2: Yeah. I'm going to throw one more name in the hat and then we'll toss it over to Adam, see if he has anything to say about this baseball game. Uh, But King Ding. I like King Ding. (laughs) King Ding. 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 Or again, (laughs) Ding King. Like, I don't know. Like, it's so hard. Uh,
1: It'll come up one day, but yeah, yeah. it'll
2: just stick. Mm -hmm, Um, So Baltimore, Detroit, Matt Harvey on the mound. I'm backing the Tigers any which way I can. I'm just going to be brief with this one. Over nine and a half also. Uh, Detroit could sk- score 10 more runs, uh, you know, in this spot. So, Akil Badu against Wrighties, he's pretty damn good. Uh, he, might, he might have some total base prop bets placed on him by me. Uh, Milwaukee and Atlanta, I was looking at perhaps the under. It's getting some shade of minus 115 on eight and a half. Uh, Milwaukee minus 110, Atlanta minus 110. So I think it's going to be a really close game. We got Corbin Burns and Tiki Toussaint. We'll see how Tiki Toussaint's second start goes. Or, yes, this is a second start back. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that one uh, also. Any opinions from you, Adam, on any of the those games?
0: um i i'm with you on the raise uh, i think i might have to jump on the raise with you there and maybe even a look at the over in that game mm. um just some of the numbers you were bringing up i i feel like the raise could really get to perez there um i think that would be a good look um and then also i i agree with you with the tigers uh the the bats have been hot lately and and they're just they're facing the right guy tomorrow so i think That'll be a good uh, a good bet, too, on the Tigers tomorrow.
2: I'm interested, and I might need to start a little spreadsheet action on this, but I want to start tracking all of our hashtag fade whoever pitcher days, you know? Like, I want to track, like, how well we do when we celebrate hashtag fade faulty day or hashtag fade hap day or hashtag fade Harvey day. I always like to reference uh, – one of the best villains in comic book culture and Two-Face and Matt Harvey Dent. You know, I, I always call him Matt Harvey Dent because it's just, uh, I don't know. I I like it. And uh, I always like to make fun of him for the whole like moniker that he took on in New York because look, he's trying good effort, but you never want to hear your coach say good effort when you're coming off the court or off the field. So uh, nonetheless, we're backing the Tigers. Kansas City and Toronto, I think there's going to be a lot of runs scored in this one, but I'm already seeing downward movement on the total. Uh, and it's still, you know, it's ten and a half. It was 11, but like we talked about, Adam, you brought it to my attention. And I actually, I'm so glad that you did because I actually meant to make a mental, I did make a mental note, but I meant to make a more uh, glaring note and more effective note than a mental note about Toronto being back in Toronto, this is their first game back and they're going to be playing the Royals. So a pretty cool matchup. Uh, I was going to be on the over, but you know, now with that narrative in play, I just really don't know.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh it's an interesting dynamic to look at with their first game back in Toronto. Um, like we said, we talked about before it might be, a bit emotional, um so I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting dynamic. It might be just something that I stay away from.
2: Yeah, but I mean, they do have this Lynch kid on the mound. The Royals do. He's a lefty, and look mm-hmm. at what Toronto does against lefties. He's got a seven point eight eight ERA. I mean, just that is. I am just trying not to salivate <laughs> thinking about DFS lineups, thinking about player props. Shout out to Oscar Hernandez. Uh, Jonathan, you got anything on that one, or does that narrative bother you a little bit? I think uh, the
1: team total for Toronto, even if even though you guys said it, it might be an emotional uh, first game back in Toronto, um, I still believe that we can't we can't fight the numbers um, this season with with the Blue Jays and their production against lefties, and um, you know Daniel Lynch, he's uh, his ERA is over ten on the road, so. <laughs> I think a team total, um, the over on the on the Blue Jays, whenever that number comes out, um, is a play. As well as um my boy Vlad Jr. going yard uh potentially. He was it was crazy because he was hitting um a lot more home runs when they were playing in Buffalo. So technically he has more home 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 runs um versus on the road. But um, yeah, I mean, anyone and that lineup can go yard against a lefty pretty much. Um, and I, I think that with, with the matchup, the juicy matchup that they have against a lefty, I think uh, the team total might be worth a shot, even even in the first game back.
2: Yeah, facts are facts, numbers are numbers. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. You know, I will say, if, if the betting market continues to drive this number down and it gets under double digits – how the hell am I not going to take that? You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, especially with Lynch's road ERA. I didn't even I didn't realize it was higher than his seven point eight eight already.
0: Yeah, it's, um, pretty bad. so yeah, I want to point.
2: Yeah, I mean it. Gosh, I I, I want to respect the sanctity of returning home and all, but uh, you know, maybe it's it's emotional in a good way, and you know, for for Canada, you know, so like
0: uh yeah and like with this young lineup as well i don't know if they will react as 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 emotionally as as maybe like a more veteran lineup that has been in toronto for years or or something like that so i, I mean they might not even like flinch at the fact of being back in toronto because they've been to buffalo they've been to florida and then they've still produced all year so on, it might be something to just ignore and, and like Jonathan said, go with the numbers.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so we will definitely be letting y'all know at a later time on how we lock in on that. Um, okay, so for me, like <laughs> I'm just going to nullify these two games. And, of course, once lineups lock in tomorrow, like there's always stuff to scrub. But as far as looking at stuff right now, I was going to go ahead and just kind of lop the Dodgers and the Padres off of my card tomorrow because of all the deals and the trades that they're going to be swirling around. I mean, it doesn't really affect their current guys, I would say. But to me, it gives too much weirdness to try to handicap that. I mean, so unless y'all have some intense talking points on the Dodgers or Padres, they are the chase games tomorrow. So, I mean, there's a lot of time between now and then. Uh, but if you've got something to say on them, guys, go for it. If not, we uh, we can transition into something else.
1: Yeah, those are those are two stay away from stay away games for me. Um, gotcha. I did have I did have two other games that um, we haven't really touched on, but yeah, as far as those two games, I'm um, like you said, there's a there's a big window in between now and then, and potential moves that could be made. So not not too much. Uh, as far as any, any picks on those two games.
2: Perfect. Perfect. Well, Jonathan, you throw uh or I'm sorry, Adam, if, if you had anything, sorry, I didn't even let you answer. Go ahead, bud.
0: Okay. No, I, they're, they're both passes for me. I did take a quick look at the Dodgers um, and, and diamonds, ba- diamondbacks game, but I, I couldn't really find an angle that I was interested in. So I, yeah, I'll probably pass on both of those as well.
2: Okay. Gotcha um in another game we can be brief on and then jonathan we'll break down that one of those or both those games we'll get let you get into it but uh oakland i'm just going to be brief i like oakland money line um so we don't have to touch like that those bottom three games those california uh groupings there uh if unless y'all want to so jonathan without further ado go ahead and start breaking down uh one of your games Uh, watch, I bet it's probably Oakland and Los Angeles, the one I just short sold.
1: No, I'm actually going to be, um, surprisingly on this, uh, Mariners Rangers game. Um, and I kind of have an interesting angle on it. Um, I'm going to look to see what, um, Logan Gilbert's K prop is. I think that if we get it at say five and a half, six and a half, um, play the over on that, um, In his last start, he only had five Ks against Oakland, but the two previous starts before that, uh, he had nine uh, against the Angels in Los Angeles, and then he had eight against the Yankees. And obviously, um, you know, the Rangers, you know, they just made that trade with Gallo, and even though he would probably help that total in this instance, um, I still feel like... Um, Gilbert's kind of shown some, some, you know, potential with striking out people and going against a, a really bad lineup in the Rangers. Um, if you could get it at five and a half or six and a half tomorrow, um, I think that's a play on the over as well as the run line. Um, we talked about it, about how the, uh, Kendall Graveman trade kind of threw off the, the clubhouse dynamic and a lot of guys were, were visibly upset about it but um it's the rangers i mean and it's probably going to be super hot in arlington um i could see you know potentially haniger hitting a home run or a couple other guys stepping it up so um probably go with yeah logan gilbert on an over in his k prop and then the run line as well
2: awesome Uh, Adam, did you have anything on that game? I know that you, uh, man, I know, and I'm going to backtrack here. You said you were looking at the angels game too off, off air. Uh, do you want to throw, throw a bone out there to any of those two games between the one Joe talked about and then the angels?
0: Um, yeah, I was, I, I did take a quick look at the angels. Um, I just, I'm just, i very interested in their starting pitcher tomorrow. Um, Pablo Sandoval, I believe. I think that's his first name. If I'm wrong. Uh, Patrick, Patrick, sorry. Yeah. Um, and he was great his last start. I think he pitched like eight innings and had like 12 or 13 Ks. Um, so I, I would I'm really interested to see how he does this start, his next start. Um, it looks like he's pitched well at home as well recently. So I, I was thinking of maybe backing the angels here at plus money. Um, I, I, I'm not locked in on it yet, but it was something I was looking at.
2: Well, being on opposite sides of the coin can offer different perspectives, but I can't say I'm comfortable with it. Uh, you know, I'm surrounded by sharp minds. So I hate whenever I'm on the opposite side of anything that you guys are on. Um, but long story short, I mean, we got a, Pretty good matchup to watch. Uh, For me, I just really love what Marte can bring to this Oakland team. Um, He kind of just completes them in a couple different ways, in my opinion. Stuff that they've been missing the last, like, two years. And stuff that was glaring, in my opinion. So, I just really like where they're at currently.
1: Yeah, we talked about it um, on the last show. how that trade kind of helps them out. Um, And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not – I really don't have a plan on that one, but, uh, yeah.
2: What was your Um, – what was your other one, your second one?
1: Yeah, so the second game, um, it's between the Twins and the the Cardinals. And, um, obviously, Jose uh, Barrios is is the listed starter. But I I feel like he gets moved tomorrow, so – It could potentially be a a bullpen game. So the number right now for the over is at um, eight and a half. I would take the over, especially the way uh, St. Louis has been hitting the ball. Um, Tons of guys that are hitting home runs and and as well as Minnesota. I mean, Wade LeBlanc is not a guy that that I would be afraid of. But um, you could definitely see the the market adjusting um, tomorrow if – uh Barrios ends up being scratched or traded. Um, so it'll be a bullpen game, I would assume, for Minnesota. And we know how bad their bullpen is. So I think you can see a lot of runs in that game.
2: Yeah, I like that look there. And I was actually just looking at that game, trying to figure out if I had a play on it, if I wanted to do anything on it. And I was looking at the over. Didn't really trust the Cardinals offense, though. So, I mean, they're better at home. And facts are facts, that Minnesota bullpen is terrible. Uh, and then you making the call on the barriers likely being traded, you know, i want to piggyback that because that was a reason why I thought, uh, you know, they had a good shot of being on my do not play list tomorrow just because of the weird dynamic around that. So I think uh, with that, you know, I don't, As of right now, I don't have any other baseball nugget. I mean, there's a couple different games we could look at. Um, There's stuff that we obviously got to wait on. We unpacked a lot, gentlemen. I'm glad that we were able to get all of us together and get this thing going. Adam, welcome on. And officially, you know, more time's over. Like, welcome all the way to the team, bud.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited, and I'm happy that we got to get this done as well
2: we'll do it more often. And Jonathan, thanks again for making all the extra time you have recently. Um, Again, it's been like a wonderful, uh, helpful piece to have with these extra sharp minds that we keep getting. So I really liked having both of you guys on and helping my perspective for tomorrow.
1: Yeah. um, And piggyback on piggybacking on what you said, welcome Adam. I mean, this was their first uh, show. So It was good to have all three of us on here. This has been like a couple of days in the making. So I'm glad that we finally got to uh, be on here together.
2: Yes. Well, with that being said, make sure to follow Adam at Adam, K-E-R-C-K on Twitter. And then Jonathan at M42, T-I-N-E-Z. So make sure to follow them, follow the rest of the guys and the rest of our action on Twitter at Gaming. Don't forget the website, hoop-ball.com. So with that being said, I am sending you all of my good vibes and all of my good energies, as always. Go out there, be safe, be kind, do something nice for someone if you can. Today in sports betting is out. This has been a HoopBall presentation.